0: to Wrestlemania, the most stupendous Wrestlemania of all time, as WWE would like to tell you, has come to an end. It all culminates this weekend with Wrestlemania 38, and the retro Wrestlemania review portion of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show comes to a conclusion right here in this episode. Welcome back to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy. Sigmund rejoined by jo after a two-episode hiatus he is back and ready for another wrestlemania review wrestlemania eight this time how are you
1: jo i'm good scholar i'm good glad to be back
0: it's been a while not like the song stained but well i <laughs> stained could you could say it. it's been a while but yes it has been a while and this is our final re- uh, retro wrestlemania review of the season WrestleMania Eight. Uh, you can check out the other ones in the archives. Uh, the first one we did this uh, WrestleMania season was WrestleMania X7. J.O. and I did that one back a few weeks ago. And then Kyle from the Apron Bump podcast joined joined me for a WrestleMania 28 review. And Corey and Tom from the Stranger Rings podcast joined me most recently for a review of WrestleMania 22. Got to thank everyone For uh, coming on the show really appreciate it it was a lot of fun having guests on the show and it's always a great time with you on here Jo, as well
1: i appreciate it always have a blast
0: and uh since we're talking about wrestlemania we have to talk a little bit about the most stupendous one as wwe has marketed it the most stupendous wrestlemania of all time this saturday and sunday from Sanan, not San Antonio, from Dallas, Texas, or uh, Arlington, Texas, at the Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Stadium, and it's a two-nighter. And we're going to go over the card a little bit. I talked with the Stranger Rings podcast about it a little bit last time out on the uh, WrestleMania 22 review. Wanted to get your thoughts on it, uh, Jo, before we get this WrestleMania 8 review started here momentarily but let's look let's look a run let's run down the card and then we can talk about what matches we're looking forward to for this weekend's Wrestlemania so we got Becky Lynch Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul Drew McIntyre taking on Happy Corbin the Usos defending their Smackdown Tag Team Championships against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs Uh, The New Day, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston taking on Sheamus and Ridge Holland with uh, Butch, better known as Pete Dunn, accompanying him to ringside. We have Seth freaking Rollins taking on a mystery opponent that Mr. McMahon will announce at WrestleMania the night of the event uh, on Saturday. This is being recorded on Friday, so this will be happening probably before or after you listen. Well, happening at... After you listen to this, or well, before you listen to this, either way, either way. But uh, then we have Charlotte Flair taking on Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and uh, main eventing night one will be Stone Cold Steve Austin's segment on the KO Show with Kevin Owens. And uh, so, looking at night one, Jo, what what some stuff are you looking? What stuff are you looking forward to on that night?
1: Uh, to be honest, I'm looking forward to Cody Rhodes' return. Versus Seth Rollins. <laughs> uh, there's some,
0: oof, there's some speculation on <laughs> it could be someone else.
1: Uh, no, jokes aside, I think that would be a pretty cool return. I, I don't see it happening too much, but uh, yeah, there's so many rumors. Like, oh, he has signed. He hasn't signed. And Shane uh, McMahon.
0: Said, Shane McMahon's gonna be in the building that night.
1: Yeah, Shane McMahon's gonna be there. I think I even saw some. Post saying like, oh, people are, saw Cody in the city, but that could no one knows that. But uh, besides that, Edge versus AJ AJ Styles, I think, is going to be a banger.
0: That's on night two. We're talking night one right now.
1: T- too far down. Yeah, you're too far. You got a little ahead of
0: yourself, but that is a match I'm looking forward to as well. Um, night, look- night one's the weaker of the two nights, I think.
1: Uh, Looking forward to, honestly, both of the uh, women's championships. I think both of those could be pretty good. Mm -hmm.
0: Outside of that, there's not much, I don't think.
1: Yeah, the Drew McIntyre match, eh. Uh, But I also am interested to see how the KO show segment goes.
0: That should be interesting. I, I don't know... Some part, part it's it, you're in a weird like you're in a weird dilemma inside yourself. It's like do you, you kind of want to see Stone Cold wrestle, but you really don't want
1: to see him wrestle. Right. Like, don't don't tarnish the image. He had a pretty good send off, in my opinion.
0: But I, I got to say, that's probably what I'm looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to Seth Rollins is who finding out who his opponent is. Bray Wyatt's in town, too. But I think it's Wouldn't for the Hall of Fame to see Taker. That's what he said. But who knows?
1: <laughs> I would not hate the idea of seeing the Fiend return. Yeah, I don't.
0: Oh, this is it's a weird. See, it, it's pretty certain that it's going to be Cody, but it's there's a chance that it
1: can't. It, it won't be. <laughs> the problem now with wrestling and all of these this the the way the business is and maybe even just like the landscape that if WWE doesn't, uh, deliver on the rumors that, that they don't create, like they don't create these rumors. It's it's fan. It's fan created and like dirt sheet created. Yeah. And if WWE don't deliver on those rumors, people say it was awful. It sucked. And that's not WWE's fault. Like that's your own fault. Really? at a certain point fans have to manage their expectations and if it is Shane I bet he'd still put on a pretty decent match against Seth Rollins but if it is Shane and not Cody people are going to hate it even if it is a good match.
0: Oh yeah, uh, that and that and that's sometimes we as fans have that issue. But you made a really good point there like we put we get our expectations so high we put these thoughts in our heads that oh, if it's not this guy, it's stupid. If he doesn't show up, that it's not WWE's fault. That's your own fault for thinking that. Right. But you made a really good point there. Night two. Let's look at that one. Uh, Zelina and Carmella defending their uh, women's tag team championships against Sasha Banks and Naomi. We have Ripley and Liv Morgan and Natalia and Shayna Baszler in a fatal four way tag team match. Uh, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory, RK Bro taking uh, defending their Raw, Raw Tag Team Championships against the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy, uh, Edge versus AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley recently – this is a recently added one – Bobby Lashley versus Omos, and in the main event, Brock Lesnar defending – not defending uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar, the, the defending WWE champion, and Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, and a winner t- winners' take-all match to unify the WWE Championship and the WWE Universal Championship. So, taking a look at night two, what are your thoughts, Jo?
1: Honestly, the one I'm most excited for, of course, is going to be Reigns versus Lesnar. Because honestly, I could, I still think it could go either way.
0: I just don't know about seeing it a third
1: time. I have thought that before.
0: The dynamics a little bit different. I get that.
1: Dynamic is a little different. That's really the only thing that makes me eager to see it. Um, But Edge versus
0: Styles—that's definitely one. That's that's a dream match. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: And I think McAfee, in theory, is going to over deliver.
1: I I was just going to say I've I've never been a fan of uh, guest matches with celebrities. But, yeah, I think McAfee. I mean, McAfee's wrestled for the company before, and he's done he, He's done great. So, uh, yeah, I expect McAfee, in theory, to be a, a sleeper. I'll say that. It, it could be a sleeper.
0: I just don't know if Theory at 24 can carry McAfee to that kind of match. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Because when he took on Cole initially, when McAfee had his debut match against Cole... He had a guy in there that's had a lot of experience. Theory doesn't have near the experience Cole had coming into that.
1: How how long do you think they go? How long do you think their match will be? Uh
0: 12 minutes.
1: I was thinking 10-15. So yeah, which probably will go to your point. They won't have to make him carry McAfee for too long.
0: And McAfee will hold his end of the bar hold his end of the bargain up. It's just, I don't think theory. Because Cole, I think, and him, Cole, him, Cole, and him went like close to probably twenty minutes. I think, mm-hmm. and that, and Cole, he can, he can have a good match with about anybody. Adam Cole theory is a little less proven here. I hate his character, to be honest. <laughs> his selfie taking gimmick, I don't know. His face is just very punchable. <laughs> he's, he's like a little kid, pretty much. It's not like.
1: What a, what a,
0: yeah, one adult takes selfies in front of people.
1: Austin theory, apparently.
0: I get like I get Tyler Breeze's gimmick where he took selfies of himself, like because he just thought he was so gorgeous. That was his thing.
1: <laughs> right, but that's not even that's not theories though, is it? It's just he. It's the selfies. Like that's it. It's selfies. It's not. He goes around thinking he's better looking than everyone else. It's just the mm-hmm. selfies are.
0: Yeah, I don't get it really, to be honest. <laughs> Lesnar, Ro- Lesnar and Roman—I'm certainly one I'm interested in as well as the uh, uh, McAfee Theory match. Outside of that, and well, AJ Styles—those are like the three major matches I'm interested in. Zayn and Knoxville will be entertaining because they've had actually one of the better <laughs> feuds out of anybody, build-wise.
1: And I guess in the same situation with theory and McAfee, uh, Zane has the experience. He can carry a match for a decent time to make it entertaining. So yeah, that could be a, that could be a good, a funny one. I won't say good, but it could be, it could be entertaining. Like you said.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, let's not waste any more time. It's time. No, it's not Mark Henry. It's not time for the main event. The time for talk is not over, but. We're going to continue talking, but now about WrestleMania eight. And we picked this one out because we're Indiana boys. And this is the only one. Yeah. This is the only one to ever take place in the state of Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, WrestleMania eight took place almost 20 years ago, almost 20, not 20 years ago, almost 30 years ago. On April 5th, 1992, just a few days away from the 30th year since this uh, WrestleMania. And it took place in the Hoosier Dome, later known as the RCA Dome, home of the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, Vince McMahon does the voiceover to kick things off, highlighting the double main event WWF title match between Ric Flair and Randy Savage, and then Hogan Sid Justice as well. They're highlighted and then we get Gorilla Monsoon, the classic duo, Gorilla Monsoon, and Bobby the Brain Heenan, excuse me, on commentary. We get Reba McIntyre there to sing the national anthem to kick things off. And uh, sounds – okay, Reba McIntyre for Indiana sounds pretty fitting to sing the national anthem at a at a major event.
1: Uh, exactly. That's what, that's what I was thinking, too. For those who aren't familiar with uh, Indiana – it's a, it's a pretty rural state, I would say. So having a country singer come in and sing it, very, very fitting. Very fitting. And uh, we have our
0: first match of the night, Shawn Michaels, uh, accompanied by Sensational Sherry taking on El Matador, also known as Tito Santana. But this is a, as a big marquee match, actually, for Shawn Michaels. Because this is early on in his singles run, because back on January 12th, just a couple months prior, Sean solidified his heel turn by super kicking former Rockers tag partner Marty Janetti and throwing him headfirst through the barbershop window in that infamous segment. And uh, so this is the early stages of HBK, the heartbreak kid as he as we know him now. So we get to the intro. Uh, Sherry is singing HBK's theme song instead of the one we uh, know now where Sean's singing it. Um, so I saw it on Michael's jacket. It says jacket says, I'm too sexy for this crowd. Sherry plants a kiss on HBK's cheek before the match starts. And uh, HBK is just kind of gloating his body to the crowd as the match starts. We can see a lot of later HBK in this uh this, uh, beginning iteration of
1: them. Right. And I was thinking that too, because before you even, cause I had to look it up to, for the timeline of, you know, where everyone was in their careers, like what feuds were kind of going on. And then when I learned that this was very early in a singles career, I could see like, okay, he's not, he isn't HBK just yet, but I could see the seeds of what he wanted himself to be even in just that entrance. Yeah, he's
0: definitely looking at himself as a narcissist at this point. And uh, yeah. so we
1: get some trash
0: talk to start. And uh, there's some pushing as a shoving match. Uh, HBK eventually sends Tito into the ropes. Tito ducks. It's a crossbody for a near fall. And then Tito works a headlock, which he ends up working a lot during this match. This is a lot of headlock in this match. Side headlock. All right, that's. I, I don't know about you, Jo, but I hated that part of this match.
1: See, I was even going to ask you because you're the scholar and historian. It was like was someone working with an injury they were trying to work around. Like there's so many rest holds.
0: It was a lot of rest holds at the beginning because Tito ends up going. I'm not going to talk about talk about it much because a lot of the half of this match is Tito working a headlock and then Sean getting out at the beginning of it. So. Yeah. So eventually, so we get HBK after a headlock, after like the third or second or third attempt at a headlock, HBK sends Tito into the ropes and throws Tito over the top rope to the floor. So Sherry just watches as Tito makes his way back to the ring. Then Sean knocks Tito back down with some shots on the apron. Back breaker off an Irish whip by HBK gets a near fall. Then a rear chin lock now by HBK. That's a but Sean didn't really have any wrestles up until this point. This is like probably almost two thirds of the way through the match.
1: Right. see the most exciting part was probably when they spilled out into the outside of the ring.
0: Yeah. And so after that T- after Tito gets worked by a rear chin lock. So he runs off the ropes and eats what would be later known as sweet chin music from Sean. It wasn't his finisher at this point. It was the uh, teardrop back suplex was his finisher at this point. Uh, He was going for that finisher. Uh, Tito fought out of it eventually. He whips HBK off the ropes, kicks Tito. Then HBK sends Tito off the ropes again, flying forearm to Sean, who is now on the outside. Moments later, Tito slingshots himself back into the ring with a shoulder block. Uh, Irish whip, punch to the gut, a knee lift, an inverted atomic drop on Sean. Tito then hits his big move with a forearm to the back of the head of Sean's head. And then Sean rolls to the outside, back to the apron. Tito tries to scoop slam him back into the ring. Not the smartest move in the world. And HBK grabs the ropes and falls down on top of him to get the win and the pin. Well, will get the pin and the win at 10 minutes and 39 seconds of this, uh, 10 minutes and 39 seconds. And, uh, I don't know. I I didn't think this was all that great of a match. Um, I think he, Sean would definitely have much better matches in the future, but this was just early on in his heel run uh, early on in his run as the heartbreak kid. Um, I gave it a, a C plus. What are your thoughts?
1: Knowing. So I'm trying not to. See it with my 2022 eyes knowing, you know, what who these people were when they wrestled. And it's just, I couldn't shake, shake the feeling of HBK. Shawn Michaels could do so much better than this. He can do more than this. But again, you talking about where he was what his abilities were at the time, maybe even, but even with that, it wasn't the greatest match I've seen either. I actually, I actually also gave it a C plus.
0: Wow. Wow. We were on the same page on that one. Yeah. Cause I was just like, I was sitting there. I'm like, "Eh." I was like, I, yeah, I was, I think I was doing the same thing as you. I was seeing it through 2022 eyes and I'm like, man, Sean just got so much better th- than this in him. And I realized, okay, this is his first mania match as a singles competitor. And so we got to take a, take a little bit of a break here. Think about it. Cause look at two years later, he has the great, he has the uh, amazing ladder match with the late, great Scott Hall. There <laughs>
1: Rest in power.
0: Yeah, rest in power, Scott Hall. One of the in, most in, influential wrestlers ever, really. If you think about it, because if it wasn't for him and what he did in the NWO, we would not see wrestling as it is right now.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: That is that is a fact, and it will be always be a fact. And then we get a promo after this HBK match. After we the, with that, me and Jo gave a C plus hbk gets the win we see a lot of uh we see a lot of uh surprise pins on this show yeah I, there was one we got more to get into but yeah there's like well, at least two or three more here
1: yeah yeah i mean i was gonna save it for you know when we got to that part of the uh of the pay-per-view but the one in the hitman match i actually really really liked
0: that was the one i really liked in this on the show but yeah <laughs> What I was I think I was, it's like, am I watching 2022 WWE? Because this is a lot of roll ups here. It's the most surprise. It's the most devastating move in all of the professional wrestling, as Simon Miller says on What Culture. The surprise roll up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, there were a, a lot of attempts for those, which did catch me off guard because that. Yeah, I didn't think that was something they did that much in this era of wrestling. Mm.
0: But it certainly was very prevalent here. We get an interview with the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk, with their manager Paul Ellering. He gets a big pop. I'm not going to go much and in, go into this very much because it, it was this thing was went too long. <laughs> it was just, and then there was just all oh, it's the the typical like 80 late 80s early 90s wrestling promo where they're just screaming.
1: Mm-hmm. It the was crowd, cool. The the crowd loves them. I was gonna say the crowd loved them, so it was a little engaging. But yeah, it just it went too long. I was
0: like, they went like back and forth. They went through everybody like twice, all three of them twice. And I'm like, gosh, you could have done this once, and you would have been fine. You didn't need yeah, to. Yeah, just fine. Finally- oh man, I was, I was trying to take a uh, cliff notes on this, and I'm like, okay, this is too much for me. It, uh, I got to a certain point, like. Uh, screw it! I'm not writing anymore on these. There's so many promos on this show. There's a lot. This is a very promo-heavy WrestleMania. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Like there's so and many cuts so, to cuts to backstage.
1: It, so yeah, if one of the comments I made that I I talked to earlier was, I noticed, and you know I don't watch too much of the retro wrestling or even retro WrestleManias, but like no video packages before each match. So what replaced those in this one were the backstage promos, which I don't think happens at all anymore.
0: Not really. I don't, I don't, honestly, I take video packages over this.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would definitely. Take
0: video but and one, most- what, but one, uh, one, uh, interview I'll take though, is this Jake, the snake Roberts interview next with Sean Mooney mm. because was, it,
1: it what were you going to say? I was going to say, yeah, that one was a good one.
0: Yeah. Because we got, they cut to him next. Then he asks about Mooney asks him about the rumor of bringing a snake to the ring and saying, Jack Tunney wouldn't bring his bring Let let him bring to his snake. Wouldn't even let him bring his snake to the ring, even though he's super senile. It, he was saying, but uh, he said, Jake says in a soft tone, the biggest man doesn't always win. It's the smartest one. And he they're showing a video of him trapping Undertaker's arm during a funeral parlor segment. So this is kind of a video package in a way. But uh, Jake DDT's uh, Paul Bearer there, and he got what he wanted with Taker looking helpless. And uh, Jake and uh, Joy's uh, delivering the DDT uh, says, What are you going to do when I hook the DDT? When the time is right, he'll hook the head. That's what Jake said. And drive him through the mat, putting the final nail in your own coffin. And like this, it was freaking great stuff. Mm -hmm. I did a horrible job of paraphrasing it, but (laughs) you got to watch the promo. That's, that's, I'll just say that because it was, that was really good to build hype to this match.
1: So Jake's always been one of the better talkers, hasn't he?
0: Oh, yeah. Very, very good. Because you notice, have you, if you watch this WrestleMania, People listening at home, you you notice a difference between 90% of the promo got guys doing promos here on here. Uh the, the difference between most of the guys doing the promos on here and Jake, everyone else is yelling. They are just screaming. And you hear Jake's talking in this soft voice. It's even scarier when you're talking in a soft voice, really. It's more intimidating, actually.
1: No, I would agree. I mean, even with the promos we saw in this match, the difference is night and day. Night and day. Uh,
0: so we get the next match. It's Jake the Snake Roberts taking on The Undertaker with Paul Bearer. And The Undertaker coming into this match is 1-0 and at WrestleMania. His, last, his first WrestleMania match, he defeated Jimmy Superfly Snuka. And so he's trying to add to his list that we would not know that would be go up to 21 0 before he'd lose to Brock Lesnar. Um, but uh taker gets a big pop here. Um, he's rocking that trench coat and a tie with the hat. Uh, it's the first WrestleMania, like I said, was went against snook of the year before what came after this though, would have been his win against giant Gonzalez by DQ, which was historically bad match, but, uh, this one, I think, was actually pretty good. What do you think, J.O.?
1: Yeah, I was surprised about it too. And first, I want to say, as I look at it, I think that Taker entrance gear is probably my second favorite, as from the uh, classic leather matrix style jacket that I started watching him as. But as I see more of it, I'm starting to like that. A little more. Just wanted to add that note. And those
0: like a, but, those like almost like leather, not leather, leather gloves, but they're almost like plastic gloves he has on.
1: Right. And I I thought it surprised me because again had to you know look into what everything was going on. It surprised me to see a taker match this early on a wrestling card, but then it was like, oh wait a minute, he hasn't, he doesn't have the streak yet. So it really wasn't that much of a main event or a headliner to put later on in the card and it also surprised me how short this match actually ended up being
0: yeah cuz they only go about uh they go about 6 minutes they go 6 minutes and 36 seconds so here we go we it's a not a very long match so we get Jake dodging Taker to start Taker no sells Jake's punches early to his face and gut uh Jake then takes over takes Taker over the top but Taker lands on his feet pulls Jake to the outside Sends him into the ring post. Jake gets back in the ring. Taker follows and eats a knee and some shots to the face. Uh, Taker gets whipped into the corner. Taker counters with another Irish whip. Sends Jake into the turnbuckle. And then he does choke Jake a couple of times. Um, this is a very methodical pace. If you notice the way Taker moves around in this match, it's so much different than the way he moved on moving like in later in his career because he is like creeping around the ring mostly.
1: Yeah, because it was at this point with his gimmick, he was supposed to be a, a ghost, I mean, a dead man. So, yeah, they didn't let him move around like he later would. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, we, after a couple of chokes to the mat, uh, Taker drops an elbow. He whips Jake into the ropes and runs off and hits his patented uh, clothesline. Um, then Taker gets up, gets Jake up, and sets up for the tombstone. This is a later portion of the match. He, uh, Jake floats over and hits his DDT. Taker's laying on, on the mat. Jake does not cover for some reason. Uh, Bear raises the urn on the outside. Jake's celebrating prematurely. Uh, Taker sits up. Jake hits a knee lift, a short-arm lariat, and then Taker sits up again. Jake then gets him up, hits a second DDT, and Bear raises the urn again. Then Jake decides to go after Paul Bearer. He's get, trying to grab the urn from from him and take it away. But Taker sits up for a third time, grabs Jake on the outside, and tombstones him on the floor. Taker rolls Jake's lifeless body in the ring. Cover, one, two, three. Even though you saw, if you noticed, uh, J.O., Taker's foot was on un- not Taker's foot, but J- uh, Jake's foot was under the ropes.
1: Under the ropes, yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's beside the point. Um, it end- that ends the match at six minutes and 36, and Taker... Is now two and zero at WrestleMania. I gave this a B minus because this made Taker look like an unstoppable monster. Because not a lot of people kicked out of that DDT uh, back in the day. And while he did, while they didn't kick out, he just like no sold it practically. Make him look unstoppable.
1: Hey, two of them, no less. But uh, um, what, what were you? What, what was your grade for it? Uh, funny enough, I also gave it a B minus. What is this is not this is rare. This is a very rare occasion,
0: folks, because J- J.O. and I are usually a little off on our grades, not like too far off. But we are never on the exact same page when it comes to grading each match. It's usually um, like like a partial letter grade off or something like that. But uh, no, I thought it was a re- one of the better matches of the night. Honestly, I'd say this is the third best match of the night.
1: Um, You know what? I think I would agree with that. Yeah, I definitely would
0: agree with that but uh what we get next is one of the best matches of the night but we get mean gene backstage with the intercontinental champ rowdy rowdy piper and brett hart the former ic champ piper's talking about how he loves his fan the Hart's family and he's known him since he was in diapers and he's making jokes about brett being potty trained till he was seven and hart doesn't take too kindly to that and uh Hart kind of wants to say he wins back the, wants to win back the belt, and they're just kind of arguing back and forth, which sets up the mat- next match. Brett Hitman Hart taking on Rowdy Roddy Piper for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. And man, man, oh man, this was a good one.
1: Definitely. Almost immediately, uh, the pace of this one drew my attention. And once I actually saw, like, oh, they're wrestling, they're moving. I can watch this. I was engaged the entire time, basically.
0: I was like, "This is one of the most modern-looking wrestling matches on this show."
1: Oh, yeah, my my thoughts exactly.
0: And the funny thing is, well, you know what? People, even though Brett does, yeah, he does make some comments that he, well, he's been he hates that he absolutely hates Goldberg now because (laughs) people look at Brett as a whiner, but you cannot deny. His greatness. His matches can be in any era, practically.
1: <laughs> I say he's a, a timeless performer, and may, he can bring out a good match in almost anyone. So, it, as this was going on, it was no surprise to me. It's like, yeah, it's a it's a hitman match. Of course, it's going to be a good one. And then so, it's I'm not saying he he's, he he didn't have to pull a good match out of a Piper. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, Piper's a good performer in his own right, but just the two of them together, plus Hitman, it's it was great. Oh my goodness,
0: yeah. And Piper, I noticed Piper coming into this match. He looked fantastic. He he was ripped.
1: i was, I mean I've of course seen pictures of Piper before. I never saw him as like oh he's he's not one he's not one of those. Body guys. He's not like Hulk guy. Hogan. Yeah. He's not like a Hulk Hogan kind of guy or a warrior kind of guy. He's just, you know, he's a he's a wrestler, but he looked, yeah, he looked good.
0: I was like, that's the best I've I, I watched some Piper stuff, and that's the best I've ever seen, like best shape I've ever seen him in. But uh we get a collar elbow tie up to start this or Piper first hits his arm drag and then Brett answers with one of his own. Um Brett Piper takes Brett down, and then Brett rolls through, sending Piper through the ropes, and Piper gets incensed and spits on Brett. And uh, then we get a Greco-Roman knuckle lock, arm ringer by Piper. Brett counters with one as well. And then uh, Piper with slaps to the chest and Hart holds on to the arm ringer, uh, grabs Brett by the hair and hits him into the corner. Piper using little hints of cheating here and there. And uh, he's used his old ways coming out. Um, Brett's not going to roll in on the arm, though. Piper continues to get angry on it. He breaks it up on the ropes, sends Brett off the ropes and hits a drop kick, but hurts his shoulder in the process. Then Hart small packages Piper. And Brett is Piper is ticked off because Brett used kind of probably one of his tricks, kind of feigning an injury for a second.
1: Yeah. At first, I thought it was a, it was part of the match because, you know, Brett – uh, always does his storytelling through limb work. So I thought I was like, okay, this is going to play into the, uh, into the match, but no, it got me. I thought he was actually hurt,
0: but I, I love that little detail. He, he he uses one of Piper's tricks. Uh, Brett hits a cross body at one point, sending them both over the top rope. Uh, then Piper is back in the ring. He opens the rope, inviting Brett Hart back to the ring, just to kind of show he's changed his ways at least a little bit. He's, at tr- trying to change his ways. And Heenan does it says on commentary, can you trust Piper? And then Piper does let him in cleanly. Uh, Brett does go to tie his boot though. And Piper sucker punches him and Brett is bleeding now. And if I remember this correct, I don't think you, you were supposed to blade at this point,
1: WWE. My thoughts exactly, man, just checking timelines, checking these arrows or, well, or yeah, at least isn't...
0: or at least two matches in the same same night. Cause, we found out flair would end up being bust open later on.
1: Right. I, I mean, that's flair, flair blades for anything, but, but yeah, I was surprised to know that they bladed during this uh, pay-per-view. I didn't, yeah, I didn't think that was a thing they did during this era either, but uh, we get
0: a running bulldog out of the corner by Piper getting a two count uh, Piper biting Hart in the corner and whips him into the turnbuckle. Piper slaps Brett on the head. Big knee lift on by Piper for a two count. He's Piper's working the head here. He's using his old uh, Golden Gloves methods of bo- he's just boxing him, boxing him, knocks him down. Piper hits some good shots on him, and then uh, Brett gets some momentum back and they clothesline one another. Piper sits up and Piper heads the top rope. You don't see that very often from Roddy Piper, and uh, Brett gets up and knocks Piper down, drags Piper by his head. And slams him down to the mat. I've never seen that until now. Well, until well, I saw until I watched this match. I watched this one other time.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen that. I mean, I can I haven't say seen that, that spot all. done
0: since then. Yeah. But uh, we get an inverted atomic drop by Brett into his patented snap suplex. Brett's
1: suplex is so freaking good. Because <laughs> he jumps. Yeah, it makes it look makes it look more there's more impact to it i'll say that when he makes when he moves it like that
0: Mm -hmm. and he follows that up with a russian leg sweep for another near fall backbreaker he goes for a sharpshooter but piper blocks it and brett hits a forearm drop then heads to the second rope for another uh piper gets his boot up as he dives and Heenan says this is a hell of a match He, he and he's right crowd's pretty hot for this um they exchange from their knees. Brett gets the advantage. Brett grabs a headlock. Piper throws Brett into the official. So we have our uh, first ref bump of the night. Um, actually, I think that's the only ref bump of the night we have. Um, so Brett gets clothesline to the outside. Piper throws him headfirst into the steps. I like it. I like that Brett was working. Piper was working the cut here. A lot of the match. Um, he grabs the ring bell, raises it over his head. And he's, Contemplating it, like he's trying to listen to the crowd, and he decides not to use it. He throws it out of the ring. Piper ducks. I mean, Brett ducks a right on Piper. I mean, Piper ducks a right, a right on Brett, and then he locks in the sleeper. Brett kicks himself off the turnbuckle, which is a brilliant maneuver. He kicks himself off the turnbuckle, top turnbuckle, flips him over, slamming Piper onto his back and creating a pin cover. And the ref counts to one, two, three. And Brett is the new intercontinental champion. And so after the match, Brett uh, Piper grabs the belt and puts it on Brett, kind of a passing of the torch moment. And the match ends at 13 minutes and 50 seconds. Jaya, what, what are your thoughts on this? Like overall?
1: It was a great match. A really, really good match. One of I, those wish, I wish ones. I had more time. Yeah. Even the good ones all these matches were short. Like you talked about, it's a, it's a very short pay-per-view, a very short WrestleMania. One of the shortest ones I've ever seen for sure. But overall, I think it was a great match. Uh, you talked about the pinfalls. I mentioned it before. I thought that was a great pinfall to end the match. And I like the bell spot. In, um, cause I know it, I, think it kind of alluded to what he was talking about before like oh i've known you since you were a kid and all of that so i think it it makes sense how he'd be a little little hesitant to just crack him over the head with a bell so i like that spot and, and i mean piper it's, and, it's and,
0: uh, pretty... Pipe, oh, sorry to interrupt you but piper has played a heel almost most, his whole entire time in wwe though too
1: yeah and if, I mean, you said it too. Like he le- gave uh, Brett the opportunity to get back into the ring, so he's showing he he can change. He's trying to change, so I think that also plays into that. But it's it was a it's just a good match.
0: And I, yeah, I, like I said, and I thought this is a great story with here with it's almost like a passing of the torch moment with Piper putting over the rising star and Brett, and then Piper turning kind of trying to cr- turn over a new leaf. I like the. I love the targeted attack on Brett's cut. And I said, I I said, I could have used a few more minutes at least just probably about three or four more minutes at least. And I thought this, it would be like an all timer at that point because I I gave it an a minus.
1: A minus. I actually gave this one an a plus. So our first difference.
0: Hey, it's a hell of a match. Definitely go out of your way to check this one out. If you, if you love watching Bret Hart and Roddy, Roddy Piper or just good, a good professional wrestling match. Check this one out on this pay-per-view. This is one of two matches on the show that you need to check out because they're they're really good wrestling matches. We'll get into the other one a little bit later, but but great match by two fantastic performers, uh, all-time Hall of Fame performers and Bret Hart and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Then we get. Keenan and Monsoon interviewing Lex Luger and they're talking about the world bodybuilding federation kind of stuff. I don't even, I don't even really get why they were, this was a thing on this pay-per-view. I know Luger was about to be, Luger was working on be working for WWE, but it just WWF at the time, but I just did, I could have cared less about this segment.
1: I know. I mean, I get there's, uh, you know, with bodybuilding or uh, professional wrestling, especially, uh, especially at the time, there's always, they kind of go hand in hand. You know, these wrestlers are, are all massive built individuals. So I get why there's that cross appeal, but I, yeah, I didn't think this was completely for this pay-per-view.
0: I didn't think it was either. I thought it like, I, I know you're we trying to promote the world bodybuilding Federation. Cause that's a part of what WWE, they were venturing into that for that, for that at that point. But, I didn't think that, I thought this was totally unnecessary, but I got to say, Luber looked absolutely freaking yoked here.
1: I would agree. I would say that as well. One of the things I definitely noticed during that.
0: Uh, so, up next, we got an interview with the eight man tag participants, the Mountie and the Nasty Boys, and Repo Man, Simon Miller's favorite wrestler. Uh, I don't miss this interview style. Everyone's just screaming. Then we get Sla- Sergeant Slaughter. And saw Sergeant Slaughter at one point in this interview says slaughterized. I, I'm, I'm going to start using that word, slaughterized. Uh, Virgil, nice. boss man, big boss man, and uh was Virgil with a dorky like face covering on, like you would see in basketball. And uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan there as well. And then we get the eight-man tag match, Jim Duggan, Sergeant Slaughter, the big boss man, and Virgil versus Repo Man, the Mountie. The Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags with uh, Jimmy Hart accompanying the uh, heel team. And uh, we get the host of Family Feud at the time, Ray Combs, to introduce the combatants, but he's making a lot of jokes about the uh, Nasty Boys and the heel team. And a lot of this match is brawling. The face knocked down the heels to start. There's a quadruple clothesline spot. A clothesline to repo man by Virgil and Bossman and Duggan. Eventually we do get order as Sags and Duggan are in there. Sags jumps Duggan from behind as Duggan's going oh, as you always as you remember him doing. Uh Duggan's head gets slanted in the turnbuckle and then it gets rubbed against the ropes. Uh Duggan does hit a clothesline, an atomic drop. He then he tags Sergeant Slaughter in. The heels get the advantage, and now Knobs is in. Slaughter Irish Whips, Sags in the corner. It's a gust bu- gut buster followed by a two count. Then we get a low back elbow off the Irish Whip by Sarge. Big Boss Man gets in. Big Boot Uppercut. Like that boot was stiff by Big Boss Man there. And then he was hitting some uppercuts and some strikes in the corner. Uh, he runs right into the turnbuckle. And uh, so Repo Man gets tagged in event- eventually. And then once Virgil gets in, in a few moments after boss man makes the hot tag uh Virgil hits a crossbody off the second rope but then Virgil gets jumped from behind by the uh the mountie and Jerry sags and then uh, repo man hits a back suplex uh, he hits Duggan and Duggan gets mad and the heels team up on Virgil then sags hits the knee lift on Virgil pump handle slam on him for a two near fall Mountie finally gets tagged. Mountie dives, gets caught by Bossman. Bossman hits him with a Spinebuster. And this is when all chaos just unleashes here because we had Nob, Sags, trying to use a foreign object on Virgil. And then Virgil hits Nob. He's trying to use a foreign object on Virgil. Hits Nobs instead. Virgil covers, and the faces win at 6 minutes and 31 seconds. I probably gave too much of a description in this match because there was a, a lot going on. It was hard to keep up with. And, uh, but Virgil gets the pin, he gets the WrestleMania win and, uh, not a great match.
1: I say, I always try to make some notes, uh, of the match, but it was just so-and-so like so, so so-and-so that there really wasn't much that I was able to uh, say to talk about. I mean, it was, it was fun. It, you know, I I always enjoy a, a, a little brawl here and there and I thought it was funny. I think they I think it was a uh, Heenan he talked about like they didn't know who was the legal man in one of the brawls. Uh it, yeah, it was it was all right. It was a mess. Yeah. It was a
0: big mess. <laughs> I, I didn't like this at all, really. Uh like it was so in, it was just a very disjointed, lot way too much. There was like I don't feel like there was hardly any structure to this.
1: I, I mean, with all the brawls, they probably when they gave them the time slot, like this is how much time you guys have. They didn't know what to put in it. All right. We got a few guys out there. Let's just have a brawl. Yeah.
0: And sorry for the folks at home if they could keep up with all what what I, what I was saying. Well, the play by play, because honestly, if you watch this match back, it's hard to keep track of everything. So uh, but it went six minutes, 31 seconds. I gave it a D plus. What do you give it, J.O.?
1: I was a little more forgiving. I gave it a C. Yeah, I I couldn't. I
0: couldn't give much higher than that. I was thinking C minus. I think I might have, might have thought C minus, and I just put it to D plus because I'm like, I couldn't do this. But uh, a better match. Part of the double main event here at this WrestleMania, the WWF World Heavyweight Title match. Randy Macho Man Savage taking on the Nature Boy. The WWF World Champion at the time, Ric Flair, with Mr. Perfect accompanying him, and they uh, do a backstage promo beforehand. Which Perfect says, "This is what it's all about." This prize photo of Elizabeth that's going—they want to put on the big screen at uh, the Hoosier Dome. And uh, Flair then cuts a promo on Indianapolis and talks about how savage, Savage's attempt to walk the aisle to defend the honor of his lady to win the most coveted trophy of all, and you're going to be flat on your back when you're flat on your back to look up at the big screen for this picture of Liz and, uh, Elizabeth, you have one last shot at space mountain as Ric Flair says on there. And so this is where, if you don't, if you remember this feud at all, uh, people at home, it's there's like photos with Rick and Liz by a pool at this point in time. If you do remember that Jo.
1: I think I remember reading, hear, uh, hearing about this feud. Like, I might have seen it on a what, what, what culture video a while back. Um, but it, it was familiar. I th- I had an idea of what was going on. Uh, it's like a possible
0: or- an extramarital affair or whatever with Flair or something, possibly. I don't know. But uh, Flair won the title initially, if you remember correctly. Uh, he won it at the 1992 Royal Rumble from the uh, number three spot lasting
1: over an hour. Mm. I knew that I knew he did that, but I just didn't connect that this was the championship that came from that.
0: Yeah, it was. was. So uh, we get mean gene and macho man's locker room following that. And he's not taking interviews right now. Regaining, maybe think about regaining the honor of Elizabeth, the winning title or the possibility of that centerfold of Elizabeth showing up at the uh, stadium. So we get Macho Man. Man, he this, uh, this Romania attire was pretty awesome. He's got the black and gold. What, were you, what do you think of it?
1: I thought it was dope, too. I liked it. I really, really liked it.
0: And then we get uh, Flair being a coward, running away from Savage to start the match. So Macho Man slammed Rick's head into the floor. Perfect grabs him and takes him away from Flair in the ring. Uh, Savage ducks a chop, hits a clothesline moments later in the corner. Savage with some mounted punches. Savage wants revenge here. He's he counters an inverted atomic drop into a clothesline. Flair is sitting to the corner. And a Savage back elbow is there for him for a near fall. Then the ref finally breaks him up, and Flair backdrops Savage over the top rope. That provides a little bit of a distraction. And so this is where Flair starts the targeted attack on the back. Man, I love me some good limb work. I gotta say that right now.
1: <laughs> I was say I was thinking the exact same thing. Because I, I, I don't know what it is about it, or just having that, seeing the the idea or game plan of a wrestler being put in put being put in during a match. But yeah, once I saw that, that's what they were going for. I loved it. And so we
0: and get so- this, we get a. So we get a long heat segment for uh, Rick Flair. He uh, hits a delayed vertical suplex for a two count. Uh, back suplex on Savage for another near fall. Um, keeps whipping him into the turnbuckles multiple times. Flair does hit a uh, his patented knee drop at one point. They're both on the outside and Flair s- slams Savage's back into the apron once again. He vertical suplex him back into the ring. Uh, Savage kicks out after that. And then uh, Flair continues to dominate at that point. And then Savage eventually answers with a right off a knife edge chop in the corner. He's mounting a comeback. Savage hits a swinging neck breaker where both men are down. Flair goes off the ropes and then Savage starts hitting some rights and lefts. Flair pokes him in the eye and he heads up top for the crossbody. You know, when Rick Flair goes up for a crossbody, he almost never lands it. So he doesn't mm-hmm. hear either. So Savage grabs him and slams him down. This was a higher slam, too, because Savage like stepped up on the ropes a little bit, putting a little more height to it, a little more stink on it. And so Savage, uh, gets back, Savage backdrops Flair. And this one, dude, this looked like it was Flair could have broke his neck here.
1: It would, yeah, I saw that. It looked a little rough. And it's every time I see these old matches, it's crazy for me, at least. Because, uh, of course, when I started watching back in 2006, 2007, Flair was kind of past this point. I mean, obviously, he was past this point. But he was on the decline, I should say. So seeing him take bumps like that at this age, uh, yeah, at this point, it, it, it shocked me a little bit.
0: Flair almost didn't get over on that back body drop. No, he very very nearly bent <laughs> his neck. But uh, so so Savage then uh, clotheslines Flair. He uh, flips Flair over the top turnbuckle. So Flair does that that's that bump where he kind of flips over and then he runs up to the ter- other turnbuckle. Uh, he eats a clothesline after diving off, and Savage gets a two count on that. Moments later, Savage clotheslines Flair over the top to the outside. Savage with the picture perfect axe handle is only he can do off the top to the outside. So Flair, this is where Flair gets busted open. He hits gets hit, thrown headfirst into the ring steps, then the post. And Flair does his signature flare flop on the outside. And as and if you know Frick Flair, he bleeds. When he bleeds, he bleeds a lot.
1: Oh yeah. And this was no exception.
0: No exception to this, but Flair gets suplexed on the outside by Savage. He rolls Flair back into the ring, and Savage's mounts Flair, throwing some punches, heads up top. It's a double-axe handle. Flair then kicks out again. Scoop slam to Flair. Then Savage heads up to the top for his patented elbow, nails it, uh, covers. But Mr. Perfect pulls him off before the referee can make a three-count. Ref tries to separate Perfect and Savage. Uh, Savage gets Perfect's tie. The refs are, like I said, the refs trying to separate them. Perfect, in that process of that, gives brass knuckles to Ric Flair, and then Flair just nails Savage in the face with him while the ref was uh, preoccupied. Still, Savage kicks out of that, and then Flair starts to choke Savage. Perfect grabs a chair, and as Flair is distracting the ref, he hits Savage right in the knee with it. And now Miss Elizabeth is making a beeline towards the ring. Uh, Flair continues his onslaught on the knee. Crowd here is in a frenzy. Like, it is hot right now for this. Uh, Flair drops the knee of Savage on his own. He locks in the figure four leg lock. And then the WWF officials are at the ring trying to get Miss Elizabeth to leave. And if you notice, J.O., there's a young Shane McMahon in there.
1: I did not. I did not notice that.
0: If you look closely, Shane O'Mac makes an appearance. Couple appearances, as of the, actually.
1: As one of the officials.
0: Yeah, one of the guys, all dressed up in the suit and ties. Yeah.
1: Well, see, I think it's I was just too busy uh, staring at Miss Elizabeth, so that's probably why I didn't notice Shane. Yeah,
0: there, it was Shane McMahon. I, I I noticed when they were she was at ringside. I I noticed they made a little brief camera cut. And I'm like. Oh, my gosh, that's Shane. But uh, back to the match at hand. Um, we get two count on Savage as he's on his back for the figure four leg lock. He fires up and turns over the pressure of the figure four. Flair grabs Perfect's hand, and the ref kicks it out. And I'm pretty sure this is Earl Hebner at this point. And Re- Earl Hebner and Rick Flair have an interesting relationship moving forward.
1: <laughs> I think that I thought that uh, caught me by surprise because normally you don't see refs respond in that way. Usually they just shout, "Hey, stop! Don't do that! You can't do that!" But no, they, he just literally kicked his hand away. Ref,
0: oh, that had to be Earl because he gets he's the he's the one ref that's not afraid to get physical in a match and, <laughs> and start pushing people.
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I wish I wish more refs would do that when there's shenanigans going on outside the ring.
0: Yes, for sure. So we get Savage with a small package for a near fall. And Flair is relentless on Savage's, knees, Savage's uh, knee. And Flair is taunting Liz, saying, this is for you, baby. So Savage hits Flair, drops the knee on his own again, uh, has Savage's leg. He's like trying to – like Savage is on one leg, and Sa- Flair is trying to pound it down. And then Flair gives out a little bit of a woo – and he wants to knock his leg over, So, but Savage then counters a right of Ric Flair, hits one of his own, turns around, hits a roll-up on Flair, grabs the trunks for the three-count and the win at 18 minutes and five seconds, and uh, afterwards, Flair kisses Liz, and then Liz pushes Flair away, and then this just incenses Randy Savage, the macho man, and then the WWF officials have to separate Flair and Savage, Flair then pounds on Savage, and Perfect does as well as they're holding him down, which made no sense at all. Flair and Perfect continue the attack, and Savage eventually escapes their clutches and is hell-bent on revenge, but then Liz and Savage celebrate in the ring the WWF title win. Uh, Really good match here.
1: Definitely uh, another one of the best ones for the night, and I, I loved it. It's just, it, as long as it's a fast-paced match and there's limb work, it's a it's going to be a good match for me.
0: And I like how they the momentum switches. Uh, there, so there was it was very definitive momentum switches because Flair had a long heat segment, and then Savage got it back, and then Flair did get it back later on. But Flair's own cockiness costed him. He's being too showboating. He had Savage he had Savage dead to rights pretty much, but he was continuing to play with his food a little bit too much. And Savage caught him using one of his old tricks, cheating by using the tights and uh, using them on the uh, roll up there. Uh, I gave it an a minus. Like I said, like we were, you were talking mentioning here, it was the limb work was great on Savage's back. And then eventually his knee and Savage mm. did a hell of a job selling the knee. Like fantastic
1: yeah especially when he stood up like you talk about he tried standing up on his one good leg it it just looked good it looked real
0: like even after the match he continues to sell it like super hard
1: mm-hmm. which is a uh, lost art these days i would say
0: mm-hmm. i gave it an a minus once again and then so this makes it tough for me night.
1: you said this one is your match of the
0: night uh, it makes it tough for me uh, to it decide. Makes it the, tough for me to decide. The, oh, it makes it tough for it me to me to decide tough. the match of the night. It's like it's very close between Piper and Fla- Piper and Hart and this one and uh, Flair and Savage. It is like dead even almost in my eyes.
1: Yeah, I say it's pretty damn close. Um, I gave it an A. I
0: I think I like this match personally better than uh, Hart Piper, but. Just for the overall scope and time and everything with it, I like this one better, like, slightly. But, yeah, still fantastic match. And so we head backstage afterward with uh, Sean Mooney, with Ric Flair and Perfect, and they're calling this an injustice, and he cheated, he rolled up with the trunks, and then he comes back angry as well. And Flair saying we have a man will walk around tonight claiming the title of real world champion, claiming the love of Liz. But he says we don't cry over spilled milk. You did it once. Let's see you do it again. And one time means nothing to his career. And Like your old lady, you're going to be damaged goods. Flair says he and perfect says Flair has never taken a shortcut and we regroup together. And so then we cut to Savage with Mean Gene. Some of that was said by Mr. Perfect, and some of that was said by Flair. But uh, Savage with Mean Gene. So Savage doesn't care about using tights. Taking the title is part of what makes Ric Flair tick. Savage wants the whole Nature Boy. That was just a piece of Rick he wanted. He wants the whole Nature Boy. And he wasn't sure if he could make – but Flair made it possible, actually – that uh, to make Macho Man even more of a man than he already was before. And so Savage says he doesn't care. He'll take, do whatever it takes to win. And uh, Liz gets asked a question and Savage kind of makes Savage gives Liz the title and kind of shoes her away. And he finishes out the promo there. So after that, we cut to Jack Tunney naming a number one contender for the world's title. This is kind of a, sort of a video package part of part of this is the video package for Sid and Hogan, but this is a couple matches later, but, uh, we had Hulk Hogan mad happy that he gets the title shot. Sid is incredibly angry. He says Tunney's ax was act was bogus. And, uh, Hogan would tag with Sid a week later against flair and taker and Sid ditches Hogan during that match. And he stops at the barbershop with Brutus beefcake and he just destroys that set and says he'll re- rearrange Hogan's face. He's asking where Hogan is. Then Sid just destroys a bunch of jobbers and Virgil, and he threw one of them down a ramp on a gurney into the ring apron, which looked awful. Yeah. <laughs> looked pretty rough. The next match is Tatanka versus Rick, the model Martell. Martell gets interviewed by Mooney beforehand. Uh makes a joke about Tatanka. And there is a Native American tribe in the ring doing a traditional song and dance. And uh, Martel makes his entrance with his arrogance spray in toe. Tatanka coming out absolutely jacked looking. This is a very short match, only four minutes and 31 seconds. Um, Martel gets hip-tossed and uh, scoop-slammed by Tatanka off an Irish whip in the corner. And he then there's a collar elbow tie-up. Martel hits the knees. Tatanka throws Martel headfirst into the turnbuckle. Then Tatanka whips into the corner. Martel hits his shoulder on the post. And uh, Tatanka then works the arm for a second, goes for a hip toss. and, Mar- and uh, No, Martel goes for a hip toss. And then Tatanka counters, slams Tatanka down for a near fall. And then Martel throws Tatanka to the outside, attacks the back. Uh, eventually, Tatanka hits a backbreaker. Martel heads up top. After his backbreaker on Tatanka, Tatanka shakes the ropes and crot- crotches Martel, the model, um, some knife-edge chops, an Irish whip back, body drop, more chops, and a tomahawk chop to Martel's head. He whips Martel into the ropes. Martel knocks him down. Martel with a scoop slam, a whip into the ropes, and then hits a, he hits a clothesline as well on Tatanka. But then Tatanka then, t- but then Tatanka then, no, uh, Tatanka then ducks a clothesline, this is the conclusion of the match, and hits a running crossbody on Martel to get a three count and win at four minutes and thirty-one seconds. I thought this was like a, a decent match, not that great, but it was very out of nowhere finish.
1: It, it, it was one of those matches that had to fill some time, wanted to give a break to the uh, audience. As, as long as they get the job done and there's no glaring mistakes on either of the wrestlers' parts, I'll always say it's an okay match at the least. I gave it a C. I as well gave it a C. Yeah,
0: it was just there. It just existed pretty much to exist. It was a match. It was a match. <laughs> wasn't bad nor good. It was just a match. So we had yep. tag champs with uh, the tag champs Money Inc., IRS and uh, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. They're getting interviewed by Mooney. And then the natural disasters get interviewed by mean gene, which brings us to our next match, natural disasters, earthquake and typhoon taking on the tag champs, IRS and Ted DiBiase with Jimmy Hart, accompanying them to the ring. And this match doesn't go very long either. It goes eight minutes and 39 seconds. The last match, I don't know if I mentioned it, went four minutes and 31 seconds. And the mm-hmm. flare match went 18 minutes and change, I think 18 minutes and five seconds. But yeah, it goes 18.05 for Flair, uh, Savage, then 431 for Tatanka Martel. And then this one goes eight minutes and 39 seconds. The big guys dominate to start. There was a little bit of a mind games played early because Diviasi tagged uh, IRS in, and then IRS tagged in Diviasi. And then Diviasi's trying to play the strength game. With uh, earthquake and quake, just throws him three times. So then he goes over to IRS and talks to him a little bit and says, "Oh, we should probably try something different because you're not going to beat these giant 400-pound guys by trying to out-muscle them." But uh, no. So he does hit a knee lift and uh, some strikes. He clotheslines earthquake by taking out and line. Oh, earthquake clotheslines. Both of uh, Money Inks, uh, Ted DiBiase and IRS. And then they smash, uh, Earthquake and Typhoon smashed Money's Inks, Money Inks' heads together. Um, he's working the arm of I- IRS's Earthquake. Then Typhoon gets tagged in, IRS with some rights. Uh, Irish whip counter by Typhoon into a hip toss. And then Momentum gets switched after... Typhoon misses a big splash in the corner and there's a little bit of a heat segment for Dibiase and IRS. Um, there's some double team moves. Um, Dibiase catches himself on the ropes. Typhoon runs up. Dibiase ducks, sends Typhoon awkwardly over the top rope and then smashes Typhoon's head into the steps. Uh, there was a double team clothesline where it literally hit Typhoon in the back. Um, Double back elbows off an Irish whip. Then there's a front face lock by IRS. He pushes IRS into the corner, but there's a ref distraction. He didn't see the tag. It's a more double-team offense from the from Money, Inc. Typhoon then ducks a clothesline. He double clotheslines DiBiase and IRS. Actually, there was a double down. So after the double down, Earthquake gets the uh, lukewarm tag. I wouldn't say it as, it was a very hot tag because the crowd didn't seem too hot for it. He comes in dominating, clotheslines to DiBiase and IRS. Uh, the disasters throw Money, Inc. into one another. Then DiBiase gets clotheslined over the ropes. And then, di- then uh, Typhoon hits the running big splash. Earthquake stomps, goes for his finishing move. But Hart pulls IRS out of the ring, Jimmy Hart does. And DBS DBS, grabs the belts and just they walk away at eight minutes and 39 seconds. And that was a very crap finish. Honestly.
1: I mean, the match itself wasn't even the best either. At least I think.
0: Oh, no, it wasn't.
1: I know with uh, Some of them, with the abrupt matches, I mean, uh, abrupt ends of a few of these matches, it, I don't know. Did they have to kill time? Like, were they going over that? I mean, that doesn't make any sense because, I mean, the pay-per-view is already pretty short. I don't think they would have went over unless, because, uh, I mean, who knows? Flair versus Savage was, I think, one of the, long, the longest matches of the, the night. the longest <laughs>
0: match by far.
1: Yeah, so maybe they had a cut for uh, Tatanka, and then because of that, they had a cut for natural disasters. I, I don't know these. Yeah, a few of them just just super abrupt.
0: I just didn't like the finish because it was just like, okay, he gets, he just they just leave.
1: No pomp and, or any circumstance. Or yeah, thing like earthquake,
0: that. earthquake, and typhoon just sit there and do nothing. It's like, really? Like I, I was okay. Like I said, it was okay match, but it had a very, no pun intended. No, not pun intended, but no, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was a shit ending.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gave it a C minus. Yeah, I gave it a C. I Oh, I thought I would have took the Tatanka match before this match. <laughs> Mm, i could go either way (laughs) it's honestly either way but i took i would take the tatanka match over this match but uh we get bruce beefcake backstage with mean gene saying we're all behind hogan behind him all the way even if it's his last match hulkamania will live forever um owen hart versus skinner which felt just like a random match i didn't even know this existed until recently
1: Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I almost missed it. I like stepped away from my computer to go do something while the video was playing, and then came back. I saw two a match ending. Had no idea what was going on.
0: You notice they don't have a lot of like. There's during this WrestleMania, if if you watch this back, it's you don't notice. There's a lot of times where there's not a whole lot of entrances. They, they're like already in the ring. There's some of these matches like there's already in the ring.
1: Yeah, the match itself was very short. He's in his
0: high energy gear, which high energy is a tag team with uh, Coco Beware. It was a shortly lived tag team that Owen Hart had with Coco. Um, he does a backflip off the top rope as he's entering the ring. He's got this black and white racing stripe suspenders and like baggy purplish blue pants on. Not the best gear choice, but uh, like I said, this is the stuff he'd wear when his tag team with Coco Beware. But uh, Skinner, he spits chewing bat tobacco on his face, I'm assuming, to start the match. And then uh, this, is a, this match goes an entire minute. Yeah, man, it went a minute, 11 seconds here. Uh, Skinner whips him into the corner and hits a shoulder breaker. Um, pounds Owen Hart in the corner for a second. Stretches Owen's back over the ropes. Irish whip into a boot. Skinner hits a reverse DDT, almost looks like a scorpion death drop for a near fall he uh, headbutts and throws owen over the ropes owen skins the cat as skinner celebrates for a second he pushes him into the ropes and hits the o'connor roll for the three count and the win at one minute and 11 seconds and then right after the bell owen drop kicks him to uh add insult to injury after he got after he got caught and lost the match
1: Is NA an, a possible grade? Because is there even enough to say?
0: All I'll say, I gave it a C because it existed. It wasn't like anything <laughs> offensive, because I, I I said it wasn't much of a match. So I'll just give it a C as Owen got to showcase a little bit of his athletic ability.
1: I was gonna say yeah, if if I can't do NA, yep, a C. It was a match. They did their thing. So C.
0: And it's, I, I'd almost, I, I thought about NA here too, honestly. <laughs> but uh, we get Sid in the back with Mean Gene, with Harp, Harp, Dr. Harvey Whippleman. It might, this has got to be the f- greatest line of the night here. Because this is what Sid tells Mean Gene as he's, Mean Gene's like, oh, this is going to be a barn burner of a match between you and Hogan. He's like, no, shut up, you It's like, shut up, you fat, bald-headed. I can't even say it right. Gosh. He says, no, shut up, you fat, bald-headed
1: little oaf. God, the knife cuts deep. My goodness.
0: Sid chose violence that day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He promises this will be Hogan's last match. He says, I'm the master. You are but the learner. And then we get Vince with Hogan Is and he asked him, is this your last match? He's talking about all his other ventures and he's the only one that can make that decision. Hogan won't know until he comes out of the ring if it's his last match. And boy, I would not want to go out in this match coming up. No. Vince thanks him for the memories, inspiration, and Hulkamania. And then Sid, I don't give a damn about memories of Hogan. Only thing they will remember is that Sid Justice ended his ended his career, and he curses him and all the maniac, Hulkamaniacs like Dan Danhausen would, because he rules the world. He he's he learned from Danhausen before Danhausen was probably even alive,
1: born. Yep, just traveling through time, uh, very, teaching very, people. Very nice, very evil. <laughs> Except
0: actually, Sid's not very nice. He's very mean, very evil. So, shout out Dan Housen here. But uh, we get the main event, the second of the double main event, Hulk Hogan versus Sid Justice, and Whippleman introduces Sid, and Hogan comes out to a pretty big pop here. Hogan looks a little bit slimmed down here. What do you think, J.O.?
1: I noticed that, too. Um, He still looked like Hulk Hogan for sure, but it was a definite – a, jesus a definite uh physique difference can't think of a better way to say that
0: mm-hmm. so th- this is one of the most awkward portions of the th- night i think this is one of the most awkward t- so hogan's making his way out to the ring so sid attacks hogan before he even gets into the ring really and his music continues playing as sid attacks this uh, and i was like what the hell is going on here So Hogan knocks him out of the ring. Music's still playing. Sid's on the apron. Hogan knocks him down, clotheslines him. Hogan rips his shirt off and does all of his taunting. And the music's still continuing to play as this is all happening. I'm like, what is going on?
1: Yeah, because I mean, normally they stop the music and there's a little more of a crowd reaction. And then the announcers add to it. The bell should have rang at that point. Yeah, they didn't ring it until. They what calmed everything down, and then they tried to do and the. It
0: wasn't even on in the ring yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, know. I mean, it
0: was, it was weird. So this match was inoffensive. Like there was not a lot of moves in this match. I'm not saying moves. There was not a lot of action. Period in this match.
1: Well, you got to thank Hulk Hogan and uh Sid Justice aren't the most uh athletic or
0: well it was a different era I'll say
1: this
0: (laughs) the crowd was hot so we had a toe-to-toe to to start high knee to Hogan and a boot by Sid uh he fish hooks Hogan at one point boots Hogan in the gut again knocking him down uh Irish whip by Sid it's a drop down Hogan then with the rights taking Justice out of the ring Sid powders the outside. Ref doesn't start counting until he's been out of the ring for over 10 seconds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Sid wants a test of strength. And he tells the crowd to shut up. And then Sid proposes a uh, test of strength here, a test of strength. And he tells the crowd to shut up. Once again, they have to knuckle lock. Uh, Sid was winning for a while. Hogan fires up but ends up dropping back to one knee. He ends up getting up. He drives, Sid drives him into the corner, hits a couple of knees. Sid hits a clothesline. Actually, Hogan hits a clothesline after an Irish whip rebound out of the corner. Uh, Hogan then goes after Whippleman. He turns around and eats a choke slam by Sid. Uh, Underrated choke slam Sid's got.
1: I thought it looked pretty good.
0: He doesn't even like, he doesn't have to like put the arm over. He just like grabs by the throat and just, Picks him up and drops him. Right, I liked it. I really liked that choke slam as well. So, and Sid screams into the camera, "Do unto the man as he would do unto to you, but do it first. And uh, we don't get that during a match very often. to uh, direct in the camera chat.
1: No, we don't. But I, I kind of like that. That's kind of clever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was actually pretty. That was probably the best one of the best parts of this match.
1: So we just. Yeah, should-
0: Whatever you're saying. I said, yeah, I like that. It's a, it's clever. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, then we get a stomp to Hogan's back. Sid with strikes to the back of Hogan. Uh, he kicks Hogan out of the ring. So Harvey Whippleman distracts the ref. Sid hits Hogan in the back with a doctor's bag. Then we get back in the ring and then a nerve hold on the trap of Hogan, which doesn't completely de- defeat the purpose of Sid working his back.
1: would it? I mean
0: then hogan's like fading from a nerve hold
1: okay yeah i guess that's true i mean but i mean if he's just working the back anyway it's under the assumption he's already taken some damage his he's down his stamina so he'd fade faster with the nerve hold i don't know
0: I, i've never seen no someone just pass out from a nerve hole then hogan does here pretty much <laughs> And so Hogan gets his arm raised once, twice, wags his finger. You know what's coming up.
1: He's hulking <laughs> up.
0: Hits some back Waking elbows. Up. Elbows on Sid. Sid hits a sidewalk slam to stop his momentum for a moment. There's a throat slash singling the power bomb. Sid sets him up for it. Hits hits it on Hogan. Hogan then powers out at two and hulks up. And he's no selling the boots from Sid. This is actually the time he hulks up. Hogan with the right, sends sends Sid head first into two turnbuckles, one big boot to Sid, wants the scoop slam and hits it on Sid, sells the back, hits the leg drop. Sid kicks out at two as Whippleman probably should have been there earlier to distract the ref, but oh, wait, I remember now. Hogan grabs, right after that, Hogan grabs Harvey Whippleman as the bell rings, and oh wait, it's Papa Shango shows up. If I remember correctly, Shango was supposed to show up to cause that disqualification. And so in the process of that, Shango being late and Whippleman trying to, to do a uh, apron distraction, Sid cast a kick out of the leg drop clean,
1: which very very rarely happens at this Especially at this time. So there was a screw-up
0: like, all around here.
1: I was going to say, yeah. I, I knew of the legendary botch by Papa Shango, and I just didn't know it was going to be this WrestleMania either. So was watching the actual match and then realizing, wait a minute, this looks familiar. Like, oh, this is when it happened. It's It was crazy to see how that all uh, played out in real time, I guess I should say. because Well, this but, is a freaking mess a mess Uh, how I don't even know how you miss your cue by that much because I don't know how I don't know how
0: freaking Hebner I don't was Hebner the ref here I don't know but like Whippleman was trying to make up for it by distracting the ref and try to get him to look at him and so it caused a distraction but that didn't work either so Sid had to kick out
1: I say they tried. They tried making something happen. I mean, of course, he had to do – Sid had to do something to – otherwise, he's just going to, what, take the pinfall and then it'd make the – actually, I don't know. That'd make more sense, right? He takes the pinfall, he loses, and then he gets mad, and then he continues to attack Hogan. Yeah? That would have been made – probably would
0: have made more sense in this situation.
1: Right. I mean, but I'm not the booker.
0: So instead though, when Shango shows up, he does jump well before that, when Whippleman gets taken put in the put in the ring, they the ref calls for the bell, signaling the DQ. So nobody wins here. No Hogan wins here by DQ. And we get Shango jumping Hogan from behind, ties Hogan up in the ropes, send Shango and Sid beat up on Hogan until Ultimate Warriors music hits to a giant pop. He sprints down to the ring to help Hogan. Clothesline Shango over the top. Sid hits Warrior in the back with the chair. Doesn't seem to do much. Place is going absolutely bananas. Going absolute banana, as uh, the late great Pat Patterson would say. Uh, Hogan takes the chair and Sid scurries away. And Hogan's now as the winner of this match by DQ at 12 minutes and 28 seconds. of uh, 12 minutes and 28 seconds. And God, this was a hot mess. A hot, hot, hot mess. Hogan and Warrior celebrate, and Pyro goes off to end the show. And uh, I don't know about you, J.O., I gave this a D. What was that? The only redeeming quality in this match was the crowd.
1: It was the crowd. It was cool. Yeah, seeing the reaction to Warrior. Um,
0: and that's not even a part think of the match, really.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, uh yeah, okay, talking straight match itself, it wasn't the best. I think I gave it – what did I think? I wrote it down. I gave it a – yeah, I gave it a C. I gave it a D. <laughs> I,
0: I hate this. <laughs> this, this, oh, my gosh, I – Man, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm a wrestling fan now and not in the '80s and '90s because my God,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Looking at through it now, it's like, man, this was horrible. But uh, people like that Hogan stuff back then. So I, I...
1: it's the t- the 2022 eyes. Like they didn't know people were there were people out there who could you know actually wrestle, like move. And do stuff, not just lose for a majority of the match, then hulk up and then win out of nowhere.
0: Hit a leg draw, hit a big boot leg drop, game over, go home. Everyone goes home happy. That doesn't has not that's not the way it works anymore. No. But uh leg drop as a finisher now, no way. Nah. But uh overall thoughts on the show. Um, I gave it a, uh, overall grade for the show. I gave it a a B minus. Like if it, if it wasn't for Piper Hart and Hogan, not Piper Hogan, but Piper Hart and, uh, Savage, uh, Flair, this would possibly go down as one of the all time worst WrestleManias.
1: I would agree. Uh, overall grade. I gave it was a B actually, but just, yeah, two really good matches, and then just surrounded by a whole bunch of fluff.
0: Like the difference between this, so the WrestleMania we did a the WrestleMania twenty eight review I did with Kyle from the Apron Bump. The difference between that and this WrestleMania, they had th- that that match that, that WrestleMania. You had three all time matches there: Punk, Jericho. Cena Rock and Taker, uh Triple H and Hell in a Cell. That was a three-match show, but those were three fantastic matches. This one has two great matches as well. But that that like the stuff, the stuff in between on that WrestleMania 28 was fairly forgettable, but it was still pretty serviceable for the most part a lot of this stuff was just not good
1: (laughs) no not good at all is it just two matches really that's really it Mm -hmm. so yeah that
0: was that was rough it was rough outside of those two matches but those two matches you would would definitely recommend uh checking out flair savage and uh heart piper both really really good professional wrestling matches i definitely recommend Going out and seeing. And even Taker, uh Jake the Snake was still a pretty fun match as well.
1: Uh yeah, I would agree. It's just it's it's weird uh watching a, a a Taker WrestleMania match and not it being pitched as the spectacle it would later become since it's just the very beginnings of it. But again, trying not to look at it through 2022 eyes, the match itself, yeah, it was pretty good. Still a lot of fun, but
0: uh Hope you all enjoyed this uh, final retro WrestleMania review of WrestleMania season. Four episodes, four WrestleManias. Make sure to check them all out in the archives. Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, wherever you get your podcasts. J.O., I've had a whole lot of fun doing these with you, man.
1: Hey, man. Likewise. Enjoy being on here.
0: Ton of fun, ton of fun. And, uh, JL, what, I'm going to pitch this to you right now. You want to do a WrestleMania reaction on Monday?
1: Hmm. I could do a WrestleMania reaction on Monday.
0: All right. We may just have to do that here on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. We'll get back to posting some other content outside of pay-per-view reviews. We'll kind of probably look at the latest and greatest and, uh, professional wrestling the rumors and all the gossip going on in pro wrestling there's definitely going to be some stuff to talk about on monday following wrestlemania weekend that is for sure and uh before we close things out jo um where can people find you
1: you guys can find me on instagram and twitter same handles at jeremy or das all lowercase
0: already all righty then as Jim Carrey would like to say. Uh, You can find Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on Instagram uh, at sigdaddy.wrestle. You also find it on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at sigdaddywrestle. And like I said earlier, find this podcast on all your podcasting platforms and make sure to leave it a review if you enjoy the show. Always love getting feedback from you all. So stay tuned for another podcast another WrestleMania. We're not doing another retro WrestleMania review. That's that is that chapter has closed for this year on Sig Daddy's wrestling show, but we'll get a WrestleMania 38 reaction here on Monday on Sig Daddy's wrestling show covering all the stupendous action. The third ever two night WrestleMania taking place this Saturday and Sunday. So for J.O., I'm Skylar Sig Daddy Sigman, saying thank you for listening and so long, everybody.